That's right. Hello and welcome to Fantasy Focus. My name is Daniel Dopp, joined by Stefania Bell. Fantasy Focus is presented by Geico. Insurance can be hard. That's why Geico makes it easy with 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info in the app. It is easy to Geico. Stefania, you and I do not get to do many two-person shows, but here we are after one of the biggest playoff weekends, at least of my life. And now we get to sit here and talk about some football with each other. How you doing, kid? Uh, not as well as you. I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> I'm happy to be I'm here. I'm so happy that I get to be the one to sit next to you today because I just want this to be a Lions podcast. The whole time. Like, it should just be all Lions, <laughs> the entire show. Uh, you have, you, you know, you're sporting your one pride That's right. sweatshirt. You brought your mom. I did. Mom and Dop sitting over there in the studio. It's a Lions family kind of day. Yeah. And look, my team didn't play, so that was a win because we just advanced to the next round. And you know what? I I texted you this last night. To me, the best part is that our teams don't play each other. I love that. I get to root for the 49ers and not feel bad about it. Yeah. And I will be rooting for your Lions. So much fun to watch. What would the floor is yours? What would you like to say? Well, okay. So, very quickly, we're going to talk very quickly about a couple of games that happened over the weekend. And then, Stefan, you and I got a handful of topics we want to dive into around the fantasy season. But let's talk about the games just real fast. Real fast. Let the heart. Uh, this was very special to me. I was I was nine years old the last time the Lions won a playoff game. I don't remember watching it with my dad. I'm sure that I did, but I don't remember when that happened. Uh, and so to have Mama Dop and Papa Dop down here to be able to watch the game against Matthew Stafford and the Rams and everything that has happened, it was a it was like a magical moment for me. You're I, getting I, a little misty. I, like I've been, I, I've been waiting my entire <laughs> life for, for all of this. Like same with my dad. My dad's been waiting for years to be able to watch a playoff win with somebody else in the family rather than it just be like, oh yeah, I got to watch that 30 years ago. So for me, I thought it was very cool because it happened exactly the way that I wanted. Uh, and we can talk about the Matthew Stafford narrative, but like I wanted Matthew to come back and play, play well. I wanted him to look good, be the classic gritty Matthew Stafford that was a part of this Lions team for over a decade. I was not rooting for Matthew Stafford. I don't want to be any like uh, we need to have a time in Detroit where we have a Matthew Stafford day where we come in and we pay him like give him all the flowers because everyone that I know in Detroit is so unbelievably grateful for the decade of blood, sweat and tears Mm -hmm. that Matthew Stafford gave us. But Matthew Stafford is the history of the Detroit Lions. And last night, we were worried about the future of the Detroit Lions. So through that entire game, I, I, was, I loved that Matthew got to play well. But Jared Goff and Dan Campbell and that defense and everything that they did, like it was, it was fantastic to be able to watch him. It was, as someone who has no skin in the game, sure, you know, sure. who who's just a casual observer, uh, it was hard not to be to get emotional on behalf of the Lions fans. When you saw the stadium just packed to the gills, the excitement for all the fans, the emotion at the end of the game, people in tears, you know, just oh my gosh. kind of the release, if you will, of all this pent up frustration for years and years and years to be able to see it. And to have Jared Goff, who, by the way, especially in the beginning, for the first half looked so incredibly Unreal. laser sharp. Yep. Uh, it just, you know, every every everything was on point. Like you said, the defense played well for the most part. Uh, I 
I was just feeling it for for the Lions fans, so and you know it doesn't hurt that I'm NFC West. Yeah, Forty hey, Nine ers. Exactly. We didn't really want the Rams to advance, but <laughs> I still can respect Matthew Stafford and everything that he did. And One I of the thought guys Detroit. And... There was a lot of talk about whether he'd be booed. I didn't hear any of that. Uh, maybe there was, but it whatever happened, it wasn't enough to call a lot of attention to it. I think people were just focused on. Yeah, I wouldn't have been a booing Matthew Stafford person. I'm not rooting for Matthew Stafford in last night's game, but I'm not going out there to like that guy gave so much to our city. I don't want to like undermine all of that as a part of it. I, I thought it was a really fun football game. And a part of that, the way that that ended where you talk with Dan Campbell afterwards, and then we're gonna talk about the game real fast. But Dan Campbell afterwards in his press conference said, you know what? You're good enough for Detroit. Jared Goff. Yeah, like I heard that. I got choked up yeah. for, for Jared in that moment, feeling like knowing that he wanted to feel like he had a place that he belonged and people wanted him to be there and everything he's been through and everything that we have had with Dan Campbell and this Lions team has been fantastic. So Stefania, I'm going to spin all that forward. Huge Lions win over the, the uh, Los Angeles Rams. They're going to move on to the second round of the playoffs. My question to you is Amon Ross St. Brown looks like as good as it gets at the wide receiver position in the NFL. Is there anything that would make you not say that guy's a top five wide receiver in fantasy football next year? Let me start with this, Daniel Dot. You may be aware by now that I did win the war room. Oh, you did. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know who my first pick was? I believe it was Amon Ross St. Brown. It Stephania. was Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah. So if you're going to, uh, so I, as somebody who paid close attention to the performance of Amon Ross St. Brown, I can tell you that he was one of the most consistent wide receivers week in and week out, that there was always the possibility of him turning a play of 10 yards into 20 something yards, Uh, that he managed to score plenty of touchdowns because a lot of times we have high volume receivers, but they don't get in the end zone enough. And even on a team where there were multiple scorers, they could score on the run, they could score via the pass. And Amon Ra St. Brown still had the fourth most receiving touchdowns in the league with 10. I wasn't paying that close attention to the numbers, but when you look at some of them, it's not even just a feeling. He's justified being among the top receivers, that top tier, the CD lamb, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson. um, And it's interesting because Rasheed Rice is getting there too, but 94.7 receiving yards per game this season. That's fifth most in the league. That's crazy. Trailing only these guys you mentioned, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, and Keenan Allen, who, one thing before we get into talking about all the rest of this, I just have to say, because we're, we're looking at all these things we're projecting for fantasy for next year, there's a caveat there to me, which is one quarter of the teams do not have a head coach. Mm. And it's hard for me to project forward what I expect for some of these players when I don't know who's going to be coaching and what the offense is going to look like. Uh, Because I think those offenses could change dramatically for some of these receivers. Keenan Allen, who's coaching the Chargers? Great question. What's what's that going to look like? Um, And I still think the Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen relationship is strong enough to survive anything and I think I think that will continue to be strong but we, we don't know what's going to happen well, that, that Chargers conversation will be interesting because Keenan Allen aging another year you right. know how ageist Mike Clay is when it comes to all those <laughs> projections and then Mike Williams uh, turning 30 coming off an ACL coming tear. off an ACL tear. And so that's mm-hmm. a, a big one he's owed a lot of money too so but when you look at this I'm with you these are way too early conversations because there's a lot of chips that have yet to fall in order for us to have that but 
when I look at Amon Ross St. Brown, I just don't know how I can not have him inside my top five at the wide receiver position. Like you mentioned really quickly, you look at him this year, 119 catches, 119 for 1,500 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns. That seems good. That seems really good. <laughs> and he's on a team with Sam Laporta, who is arguably going to be a top three tight end next year, and David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs could be another top 10 running back again next year, and David Montgomery could potentially top 20, 25 guys. So this th- offense is just loaded. I think the thing to me when you're talking about fantasy wide receivers is one of the the phrases that we use a lot is so many mouths to feed. And Mm. Detroit Lions have so many mouths to feed when it comes to pass catchers because they have pass catching running backs. Yep. That said, Amon Ross St. Brown was still putting up these ridiculous numbers. So it does not hurt him to be in an offense where there are multiple options in terms of where they can deliver the ball. And I don't think that changes next year. Yep. I'm totally with you on that. Very excited to talk about the Lions a little bit more. Hopefully next week we get to talk about them a little bit more. All right, let's move ahead and talk about the Browns-Texans game. Two things. <laughs> I felt bad for Not Cool Keith. We all love Not Cool Keith. Huge Browns <laughs> fan. That was the only part that I felt bad about, really. And, <laughs> and then you got over it. And then I got over it because CJ Stroud <laughs> right. is so good. So oh my good. gosh, Stefania. I'm a, I just love this kid more than, you know, I, I don't, I, I just was, I didn't know what to expect yes. when the season began. Yep. I didn't feel a way about him. We all were talking about what's Anthony Richardson going to look like coming from University of Florida where we haven't seen him play that much college football. What could we really expect in the pros? Uh who else were we talking about? Aaron Rodgers yes. coming back. Yep. You know, I, I think we had our sights set on certain quarterbacks around the league. And I think CJ Stroud, you know, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, the conversation was really about who decided to take who where. Yep. But I don't think we totally knew what to expect. And the evolution of CJ Stroud across the season, it didn't take that long. But once he started really developing that chemistry with his key receivers, it was a sight to behold. Yes, it was. And that's one of the things I think is most impressive to me as a rookie, 4,100 passing yards, 23 touchdowns, only five interceptions. The idea that as a rookie, you throw over 4,000 yards and have over a four to one touchdown to interception ratio. Half the time rookies, like that's the big bugaboo about a rookie, right? Right. Is turnovers. You gotta, you gotta find a way to limit turnovers. And being willing to push the ball down the field because they're afraid of said turnovers. And he was never afraid. He was always plenty aggressive. I love that about him. He was, and he's got a big arm to boot, but he was not afraid to push the ball down the field. He built a lot of trust with his receivers. And then he was like, just go get it. Ranked top three in the NFL in yards per attempt with 8.2. And I think that is pushing it down the field. Um, You already mentioned the touchdown to interception ratio. I thought this was really interesting. He was sacked 38 times, eighth most in the league. So imagine if they can improve some of the protection for him. Yeah how good he's going to be. He was creative. He was artful. We saw him make plays when he was on the move that you thought were going to be just a ball getting thrown out of bounds. And lo and behold, it turns into a 25 yard reception down the field by, I I thought Nico Collins by the end of the year, just their relationship was, was cemented, but he's also got Tank Dell, who went on IR, he didn't have him for the playoffs, but he gets him. Noah Brown, who had a, provided a spark mm-hmm. uh, when Tank Dell and Nico were both injured, but then struggled with his own injuries down the stretch. But it didn't seem to matter because CJ Stroud found a way to find 
whether it was Brevin Jordan. I mean, it could Brevin have been, Jordan looked so fast on that <laughs> run too. I mean, he would find whoever was available as a pass catcher. I'm with you. I yeah. think the interesting thing for me, and I know we're we're focusing on on yeah the CJ Stroud in the playoff game. But just as we look at the running back situation for the Texans, that's going to be interesting to me because Damian Pierce essentially disappeared in the offense this year. Um, I think it was a resurrection of sorts for Singletary. Singletary yeah, yeah, for sure. And who, who looked really good in the playoff game, by the way, I felt badly for the Browns because obviously they had a number of players who were out hurt. Yep. And I put out a tweet about how remarkable it was that, you know, Tank Dell was gone. Noah Brown was gone. And yet here they were posting on everybody's like, yeah, well, if the Browns players didn't have half didn't their have team injured night, it's fair. That's fair. They had their quarterback was gone for the year. Their star running back was gone for the year. Poor Amari Cooper was dealing with a heel injury that clearly impacted him during this game. Absolutely. Uh, they, they lost a number of players. They had defensive players that were banged up throughout the latter half of the season. But the Joe Flacco storybook uh tail with his return to the league sort of ended the way we remembered it before he stepped away yeah as if you are doing a playoff pool if you have the houston texans defense it ended very positively for you because a couple of pick sixes I there might know someone who that, that may be a thing also and i will we'll talk about joe flacco in a little bit uh maybe potentially mm-hmm. but that's just such an awesome story to have him literally Loved come it. off his couch all the things that he has done and help lead this team to be able to get to even the point that they did like just making the playoffs at all is incredible i, w- I thought there was no chance they were going to the playoffs after the losses they suffered in the season. agreed all right i want to ask you about cj stroud and then we'll move on with this because this kid i think is one going to be one of the faces of the league very quickly if he has not already become one of them after what he did in this rookie season when you look at cj stroud for next year do you think he's a top three quarterback well i think you're i know where you're going with this but i think what you have to start with is is who are your top quarterbacks right i, I don't think he can be top. like that's still because to me, you've got lamar jackson right and josh allen and jalen hurts i think those are my top and patrick mahomes those would be my top four Right. So is Mahomes keep, still up there? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, it, this is again. So now we're going to start getting into the territory of what you think is going to happen at these different locations. Because if you have a different coach, I might take one quarterback who hasn't quite made the top three or the top five. Sure. And I might forecast them moving up into that round. So CJ Stroud for me is probably top five. If you just look at the numbers that he posted as a rookie and you plan on him to improve on that, mm-hmm. uh, be, the, because the advantage that they have is that they're solid. The coach isn't changing. The yeah, GM isn't changing. Anywhere. Like they are there and their culture yep. is built. That's what D'Amico Ryan's did for them this year. So they get to move forward, like without missing a beat. It's all these places where they might be excited about having a new coach and a new opportunity and maybe they get, you know, one of these hot young quarterbacks who's coming in and through the draft, but they all have to get used to each other and they all have to adapt to a system. And you know what? Texans, they're already there. That's, I think that is going to be one of the conversations that you look at when we're talking about some of these guys, because would you rather have a Justin Herbert who we've seen play at an MVP level in this league, but doesn't have, we're not sure what his offense is going to look like, what his coach is going to look like, or like you're saying with the Texans, yeah, man, let's just run it back. We don't got to change anything. Let's just run it back, keep, play, keep playing ball. Let's like, just do that, pick up a few more pieces because we're still going to have some good draft picks and we're just going to keep, we're going to make something that's, pretty good. Yeah. Better. I I like CJ Stroud as a top 
probably a top seven quarterback, but potentially top five for me when you look at it based on the way everything's going to fall. That's going to be a very fun conversation trying to figure out where he's going to fit within this quarterback ranking next year. All right, let's talk Dolphins and Chiefs. Stefania, true or false? Rasheed Rice is doing the things that we saw Amon Ra St. Brown do at the end of his rookie year. You look at week 12 on, right? Rasheed Rice is wide receiver eight. In spite of how bad Patrick Mahomes has been, the Chiefs' struggles, all the things that have happened so far this I'm year. I'm laughing at how bad Patrick Mahomes has been. Because, because, the, because yeah. the expectations know, were so high. I know. I That's get why. it. It's, it's relative. It's relative to past performance. What happens when you peak too early? That's right. That's why I say, you know, why, why do that? If he was why Mac Jones, we would be talking about how this was an awesome season for him, but it's Patrick Mahomes instead. So it's, that's been tough. So when I look at this, obviously, big win for the Chiefs here. The guy that stood out to me again was the guy that had over 100 receiving yards in Rasheed Rice. How good can this guy be next year? I think it depends. I, the question goes back to Andy Reid and the offense. I don't think he had the opportunity. You mentioned from week 12 forward that he was wide receiver eight. Yep. Why weren't they going to him or did they have to see the dropsies from the other from guys everyone else? to be convinced that he was the one? Did they have to see some of the struggles for Travis Kelsey that he had this year? Did they want Kadarius Tony to be the guy over Rasheed Rice? Cause I don't know if they him. wanted him to be the guy. I always felt like Kadarius Tony was sort of the big play, the one trick pony kind of thing where he can put up a big play that will be Tyreek Hill like, you know, in terms of get the ball open, blazing speed down. But we, he, they, when he came to them, he already had this injury history that made him very questionable in terms of how can you rely on building an offense around a guy you don't know if he's going to be there week in and week out. Yeah. But I think they had certainly bigger plans for him than what he delivered this year. A lot of drops. I think Rishi Rice, we saw the flashes of him. We were talking about him before the season began. Who's going to be the number one in Kansas city. It's most likely going to be Rasheed Rice, but then it was like, they never really allowed it to be him. And then by default, or it was like it, it, a light bulb went off. It is. Yes. And all of a sudden it was like, Hey, he's pretty good. And he continues to make plays and he catches the ball consistently. Let's make Rasheed Rice the featured wide receiver. And it changed. And it really did change. So I'm pulling up Rashi's game log because I th I'm pretty sure that he did not see more than eight targets in a game until we got to week 12. And if that's the case, then that's one of those things, Stefania, where like we had obviously talked about it. They were looking, they were searching for somebody because Travis Kelsey was struggling, not, not being the same guy that he was last year. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is just a decoy out there. I mean, he's from a fantasy perspective. It's, oh, it's not great. <laughs> and then Kadarius Tony, Yeah, there were, there were a lot of disappointments with the drops and there were high expectations for all the things that he could be coming in. So I think they wanted him. You know, they wanted those guys to be able to maybe do a little bit more within the offense. But yeah, I look at Rishi Rice. Didn't have more than eight targets until week 12. Week 12 is the first time he had more than eight targets in a game. And Kadarius Tony, I wanted to look this up. So he did not play in week 12. And then week 16, ever, ever since week 15, he's been out. And in each of the games that he played, he only had one or two catches other than one, two, three, four. So there were four, five games where he had more than two catches. That's it. It's just really not impressive. Found the end zone one time. That's not like, doing I, it. I don't think he's a player that they can count on. Nope. And meanwhile, here in this playoff game against the Dolphins, Rishi Rice, eight catches on 12 targets for 130 yards and a touchdown. It's obvious that Patrick Mahomes has locked in on him, knowing we're projecting a little bit, Stefania, 
right? You look at how he, you can't look at the entire season. I'm looking at the back half of the season the same way that I did with Amon Ross St. Brown and how he started to come on. It made sense that rookie year, the team started to finally trust him more. Do you see Rasheed Rice being a top 10 or top 15 wide receiver for 2024? Uh, without having the list of everyone in front of me, I'm probably willing to go top 15. Okay. Only because I think the Chiefs have to have learned something here, right? Like, uh, they got again, fix it just what's goes, in the cupboard still. Right. Yeah. right. Like, it, I'd like to see how this goes with it for the remaining games they have. But if, if the evidence is such that it, they buy into what they're seeing these last few weeks of the season, then it would only make sense that he becomes that preferred target in Kansas yeah. City and get because since we're talking about week twelve, was it week twelve? Week 12 it was on. when he yep. st- when he started getting the volume. What if you extrapolate that volume across the season? Where would that land him this year? I don't know the math off the top of my head, but I'm guessing it would probably vault him into that first. You know. In six games, he had 110 fantasy points. So if you did that over an 18-game season, which they only play 17 games, that'd be 330 for what it's worth. That would have been a top... A t- uh, that might have been the top wide receiver in the game. Yeah, if that so was the and it's not going to be... It's never going to be one guy every single week, but... but- but Travis Kelsey taking a step back, I think, is part of what gives Rasheed Rice even more love going into next year because I don't think Kelsey's going to come out and be even more sprightly next year than he was no, this year. I think Kelsey will still remain uh, the safety valve for Patrick Mahomes, the across-the-middle guy. 330 uh, points was the same number as Amon Ross St. Brown this the year. The red zone, worth. yes. So in that, but what's interesting is Rasheed Rice was productive in Yak in the yards after the catch. More was even ahead of Tyreek Hill. So if you take that and add it in those first 12 weeks of the season to the Ooh. volume, you definitely have the potential for him to be that productive of a receiver that you hit that top tier. I'll tell you what. I'm very excited about Rishi Rice for next year. 2024 is going to be very fun. I do want to see what the Chiefs are going to add. Like you had talked about, how is this offense going to look different from 2023? Way too many drops this year. I hope that this one just gets thrown out and that Patrick Mahomes is back to looking like the top quarterback that we expect because the game is just more fun when he is the Patrick Mahomes. Here's my theory. My theory is that they will not make it to the Super Bowl. And my theory is that when they look back at how this year went, there's going to, it's hard when you're on the top all the time, Mm -hmm. right? You win all the time. You feel like you're good enough. I think there is a Lions fan. So I'm not sure what you're talking about. Well, as a 49ers fan. See, see, exactly. You're speaking from experience. I think that the Chiefs will be really motivated because the conversation in the offseason is going to be like, why didn't they reach the potential? What's wrong with the Chiefs? Uh, You know, and those kind of things, they have the talent, no doubt. Uh, And I think just based on what we saw, the execution wasn't always there. I I think they come back a, a motivated team. And part of that is boosting Rasheed Rice. I'm with you on that one. Hey, something to mention real fast. This season, Patrick Mahomes finishes QB 12. The guy if that you had we, told me that at the start of the season, I wouldn't have believed it. Guy that we just talked about, CJ Stroud, finished as QB 8 as a rookie. And the guy we're about to talk about, Jordan Love, finished as QB 5, Stefania. <laughs> How about the Packers? Huh? Waltzing into Dallas and taking down the Cowboys. Good for Jordan Love and Aaron good Jones for, in this team. By the way, good for Matt LaFleur. Seriously. Because, I, I mean, it makes you wonder, right? Like, he had a guy there yep. that he managed to work with pretty well. But 
he helped engineer this yeah. with Jordan Love. I mean, Jordan Love had to play the games and yeah. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but boy, I have a lot of respect for Matt LaFleur and what he's done. Think about, we were just talking about wide receiver injuries and it was hard to count on some of these players or the Texans were dealing with it. I don't know if there's another team beyond the Green Bay Packers who had more that consistent rotating wide receiver injury. Yeah. Like Christian Watson was back yesterday. Was it yesterday they played? Um, <laughs> I can't, <laughs> it's all the blur. Yeah. It's all the blur. But he had been out. I mean, I think he missed as much as he played because of hamstring injuries. And at various times between Romeo Dobbs and Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed. And I love all their receivers. And I think that what you saw is that Jordan Love, you may have a little more confidence with one or two of them, but he was willing to spread the ball around. And Luke Musgrave, who started to flash as a tight end, then had a lacerated kidney and missed multiple weeks and is now back. But again, ball distribution... Uh, ball placement, certainly, you know, I think he got more disciplined as the season went on. Yep. But man, I really think very, I, my respect for Matt LaFleur went up a lot over the, as the season progressed. And certainly he brought them into this game against Dallas with no fear. Oh yes. Like none, they were ready to roll from zero. the jump. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I will say the same thing. I, at the beginning of the season, I took some shots at Jordan Love because his deep ball, like there were some struggles there and we saw some good games, but there was some inconsistency while they were trying to figure some things out in part, I think because of all the injuries that you talk about. And it is a super young team, one of the youngest offenses uh, in the NFL. So when you look at that, what Jordan Love was able to do here, he was second in the NFL in passing touchdowns. I just, I can't, second. I'm surprised because, um, you know, who was first? Probably Dak. It's Dak. gotta be Dak, it right? Was yeah. Dak. But we were talking about C.J. Stroud, just how many touchdowns he had. So when I, if you asked me blind without having some of the research in front of us, if I, who I thought had more passing touchdowns, Jordan Love or C.J. Stroud, I probably would have thought C.J. Stroud. Stroud. Yeah. Because Jordan Love sort of quietly did this. Um, I mean, there were a couple games where they racked up a ton of points. They obviously had a lot of touchdowns. But across the season, I don't know that I would have guessed that. No, I don't think I would have either. And I think Jordan Love has really shown me that he's somebody, if I look in next year. So where are you drafting him? He's a target. I think he's one of the guys. So... <clears throat> I'll, I'll go, and this is not a definitive list, but I do think at the top of the draft, I'm still going to have, like we had already talked about, Josh Allen, you're going to have Jalen Hurts. I'm going to have Lamar Jackson, probably Dak Prescott, and probably Joe Burrow. And so that's that's at least, that's six right there, right? And in that conversation right after them, to me, you now have your CJ Strouds, you have... I might take seat. CJ Stroud, Jordan Love, Justin Herbert. Guy. Like, how do you, how do you decide between those three? Like, that's where I think they're definitively a top. He's a definitively a top ten quarterback for me. But it's going to be where in that because if he was QB five this year, with I got to be honest, it's similar to me to the Jared Goff conversation where I kind of feel like Jared Goff felt not wanted after the Rams were ready to move on, like. I don't know that I heard always great things from Packers fans or the rest of I mean, us I, national you're media. Being, you're being kind. Like it no, was, it, no, no, no. There was a lot more suspicion he around what he'd be able to. He sure did. I, I think there was a lot of question marks and 
how's it going to be? And and then at the beginning of the season, uh, people were not on board with the Jordan Love experiment necessarily. I mean, people were talking like, what are they going to do? Are they going to stand by Jordan? Love? I mean, I, I would say for all the questions are about Justin Fields relative to Chicago, Jordan Love was in that same boat of a lot of the question marks. And is he the right guy for the system? Even though... Th- you know, poor Jordan Love hadn't really played any meaningful yep. snaps, right? Yep. He had not been given the keys to the car yet. I think what he did as the season progressed, he he just went right by Justin Fields yes. in that sense. You yep. know, I mean, there's all these question marks around Justin Fields. There's not question marks around Jordan Love anymore. They're no. gone. Nope. Packers fans are happy. They're like, yes. we got our guy. And I think if there was one thing that he could do in, in real football, he did that. In fantasy football... I don't know that people are as confident. Is that somewhat still the name conversation? Like I think you, so. You I think that's fantasy. I want the history of tell me that this guy can do it again. Sure. Was it not a fluke? Is Mike Clay going to say he's going to regress because he's got so many touchdowns? You don't want to count on that. Like, but think about all those touchdowns with with the inconsistency he had at the wide receiver position. Right. What if he had a healthy wide receiving core for the majority of the season? Speaking of Mike Clay, what if there was a healthy Christian? What? <laughs> seriously, seriously, Mike, we miss you. Forty one hundred <laughs> passing over forty one hundred passing yards on the season. Thirty two touchdowns, eleven interceptions. You tell me you have a three to one touchdown to interception ratio. You throw for over four thousand yards. By the way, shout out to Aaron Jones. He had two rushing touchdowns this season. He had three rushing touchdowns in the game <laughs> on Sunday. So, hey, congratulations yeah, to helping you be able to beat the Dallas Cowboys. That might have been a, uh, for the folks who might have drafted him as their it's starting like, running back. Now, in Aaron? Yeah. I feel like I got a couple of those Poor tweets guy. last night. That'll happen. Yeah. Uh, Stefania, we got two more games today. We'll talk about them in just a little bit. Well, They're coming I love up that shortly. it's Monday and we have two football games. I know. It's so I'm fun. sorry for <laughs> fans that struggle. It got moved, but. Um, Dude. Not that, sorry for myself. That Buffalo game is that looks like it's going to be uh, <laughs> crazy. Let me ask you this: It's a foot. It's a playoff game. Win or go home. And your team is the team that is home. And you're in a spot. I'm. Just, this is Buffalo for the situation. Do you want your to have an outdoor stadium? Do you want your team to build a dome so that you take that variance away and you allow Josh? Because like, doesn't all of this weather and the snow take away all the things that is Josh Allen? funny i saw i mean this was the conversation yesterday on social right but how how many domes are there in buffalo i'm just curious because there's a whole thing with the roof like it you you don't get to necessarily build a retractable roof that's the issue right because the weight of the snow the amounts of snow that they get i mean i'm no architectural <laughs> structural engineer but is this a thing i mean people can't I, you can email us and, now and i want to know but like can you have a retractable roof when you're in some of the, where do they where do they have a retractable roof where there's as the kind of that snow kind of you snow get in Buffalo? I don't think that there is one. I don't I don't know of one. And I'd love, please tweet at us at Fantasy Focus to let us know if there is a retractable roof in a heavy weather snow type atmosphere because I don't know if there is one. I would love that though. The Vikings is there? Re- I rem- I don't know if the new one is retractable or not. That's a good question. We'll find out. I think it is. We'll find out. Hey, I want to ask you some questions about this 2023 season. You okay with that? Oh, we're looking back, not forward. Okay. We're going to look back. I have to adjust. Stefania Bell's biggest steal (laughs) of the fantasy 2023 season was, do you have one player that comes to mind? Devon Achen. It's a pretty good steal. 
he helped me in the warm league I may have mentioned. Um, but yeah. I actually drafted him in a couple of fantasy leagues and I, th- this was, again, I go out on the road, as you know, to yep. training camps for uh, the purpose of seeing a lot of guys who are coming back from injury, checking in on players who are, you know, so Tua was a big one there uh, with the Dolphins. And I wanted to see what Devon Achan looked like in practice. And I saw the electricity mm-hmm. when he was on the field. They, I was actually there when they were doing joint practice with the Falcons. So I got to see him in some little practice scrimmage against another team and he he went right in the end zone on a couple of play and i just watching him i was like he can catch the ball he's quick do all the things. he's elusive he he's got an energy to him i like this kid and i think i think people were concerned about the running back split in miami how'd that work out worked out fine i mean minus this last game we're not we're, but during your fantasy season yeah there was room for two running backs to be successful. Absolutely. And uh, Raheem Mostert had this incredible season with all the touchdowns, but Devon Chan had, I think the first time he played, he had like two carries or something and they got his feet wet. And then he put up like 250 yards the next game. Which <laughs> I mean, is it was unreal. like unbelievable. And obviously came back down to earth when he came back after the injury. I think part of that was after being gone with the injury and a little bit spooked when he got his knee tweaked again. Yep. Uh, and it took a while to get him back. But if you still had him in your fantasy playoffs, for example, he was very productive. Very for you. productive. And yep. so I, I can't remember. I would have to go back and look like what rounds I got him in. But it was certainly like there there wasn't much threat of competition for drafting him. I was just trying to find that in yeah. my email because Nicole Keith a while was- ago had sent me a thing. No, I was definitely listening. Was def- uh, was trying to send me the updated ADP because it changes after you get right. all this stuff. And I right. want to know, sometimes we forget, was this guy even drafted or yeah. was it a waiver wire I person? Mean, no, I drafted him in a couple of leagues, but it was but it was late. It was late. It was very late. Yep. I think for what me, about you? the biggest one was probably the other guy on that team, to be honest. It's Raheem mm-hmm. Mostert. I mean, I was, I feel like when you look at that, we were trying to figure out which one of these running backs do you like? And I think that this might also be my biggest regret. You could say biggest steal and biggest regret <laughs> for Daniel is the idea that I looked at Raheem Mostert as a 31 year old running back who had always found, unfortunately for him, a way to end up injured at some point in the season. And given the fact that there were three running backs there with the rookie they drafted in Devon Chan and Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert, I didn't really want a whole lot to do with him. And even once he started to play well, I was like, this is not, I don't think that this is sustainable. Not for a guy that I've watched, unfortunately, deal with an injury history. And I was wrong. Just flat out, period, Raheem. If you're watching this, I was wrong. You were incredible this year. That's one of those things that like, if you ended up getting Raheem Mostert, there are times in the beginning and middle of the season that his ceiling was huge because of everything that he was doing. The ceiling kind of came down at the end, but because of the touchdowns, kind of like Jamal Williams the year before, Mm. it kept that floor really high. And so looking at that, I think my biggest surprise this year was the fact that Raheem Mostert stayed healthy for an entire season, was able to put together an unbelievable run that ended with him getting in the end zone more than anybody else. I think to me, that was the biggest one for 2023. I always felt like the way this offense was designed, it could support two running backs. I just didn't know how quickly Devon HM would become a factor. And I felt like part of Miami's strategy was to have the insurance 
uh, knowing that Raheem Mostert has had injuries in the past, knowing he had a car- big, heavy cartilage procedure in his knee, which had held up. He'd done great so far, but you just don't know how long that's going to work out. And just being a running back in the NFL, oh, such yeah. a vulnerable position that, um, you know, I would say this is where the um, the data can fool you mm-hmm. because, yes, 31 years old, but he struggled to find a starting position. He was yeah. not only a journeyman, but he was a supporting role. You know, he's like the supporting actor who finally gets the lead actor role and then thrives. And people are like, where was this guy? And it's like, well, he's been here all along, but... And he, people who knew him, which is why Mike McDaniel brought him to Miami. He saw him in San Francisco and knew what he could be and believed in that. Yeah. Uh, so his mileage coming into this year, even though he's been in the league as long as he has, is not the same as a running back who's been a starter from the get go. And I, you know, let that be a reminder to people when they're drafting next season. Yep. That you don't just want to take their numerical age and you don't just want to take their number of years in the league. You really want to look at what they've been doing their 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 total work over that period of time, because that could tell a different story. So you're saying trust more Stefania Bell. Is that what I you're saying? I didn't say that. that I think was, people are saying that. People words. are saying that. No. I don't know. I don't know. If people are saying that, <laughs> but um, I want to give you another steal though, because I just, I feel like I, we're not doing an award show, but I feel like these yeah. are honorable mentions. Give it to me. Reese Hall. Awesome. Because all the Dalvin Cook, remember that? Yes. Remember the very beginning. And the thing is, I think we all knew what the potential for a healthy Brees Hall could be because he showed us that in his rookie year yep. up until the time he got hurt. Yep. But what's always difficult, and we'll do it again this year with all the players coming back from significant injuries, you don't know what you get when mm. they come back. And for a running back in particular, what we had seen was the irony of Dalvin Cook going to New York when Dalvin Cook, when he came off his ACL injury, looked so good that the Vikings went to him and he just had this massive volume of work almost immediately and then got injured. Yeah. And, and once he did, then he was done. And that was just a few handful of weeks into the season. He was never really right that year, but the following year he turned around and was very productive. With Brees Hall, my concern was not that he would look good coming off the ACL because everything about his rehab seemed pretty straightforward. All the reports were good. Uh, they activated him late, if you recall, during training camp. Uh, he, he remained on the pup list. He did not see any preseason action. So there's an acclimation to football that you expect is going to take a little time. And they said they were going to control his reps. And they did. So number one, I didn't know if they would stick to that because very tempting when you get mm-hmm. shiny toy looks good. Like I just want to keep going. You just want to keep going with that hot hand. But yeah. they they held back to their credit. And then I just didn't know what he would look like in that offense, especially as we started to see the, all the struggles of that offense. You're like, well, how are they going to get anything going? And yet, despite all that, his numbers were what they were and largely due to his involvement in the passing game, which he was unbelievable. Unbelievable. So to me, if, and I don't, we don't have the ADP numbers that are all set and, and, and done. I don't think so. I think people were projecting him. Um, you know, where did he end? I, that's what I really want to know is where he ended up getting drafted. I can tell you right now, but you need to filibuster for me while Microsoft Excel opens up. <laughs> This is why I don't use spreadsheets. That's exactly that's, that's <laughs> it. This, this, I can't open them. Um, 
Brees Hall ended up being drafted. Average draft pick was 55.7. So sixth round. Sixth round. And yet he finishes where? Uh, running back. Well, in points per game. Is that what we want? Points per yeah, game? Yeah, points per game. All right, I'll tell you Roughly. that. Roughly. Points per game. Because he did not have, he, I mean, he was pretty consistent week in and week out, minus like one one game. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, Brees Hall, right now I'm looking at it, is 17.1 fantasy points per game, finished as running back five. Running back five. Running back five. Yep. Running back five drafted on average. In the sixth round. 55th. Yep. Think about that. I think that's a good investment. Yeah. I think that's so, a good return on I mean, investment. That is, so when you talk about a steal, I think that's what we're looking at. Like you invest, you did not have to invest. You got an RB1 for the price of what? RB3 Three, at that point? Yeah, yeah. an RB, low end RB2, RB3. For yep. what it's worth, the guy that finished right ahead of him, running back four, Raheem Mostert, he was drafted uh, in the 13th round. Pick 123. <laughs> yeah. So a bigger return on investment there. There, yeah. Uh, but still, I, I think the, the Brees Hall, with all the uncertainty, and certainly um, I would have been, I, I think my, pre, I think you could go back and listen to the episodes. I was pretty consistent saying I wouldn't expect much in the top half. And I thought he would perform well in the back half of the season if everything remained uneventful. I will tell you that I wouldn't have projected him to finish as high as he no, did. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I am definitely with you on that one. Um, Stefania, let's talk Monday Night Football. We got a couple of games to get into. We got a Bills game <laughs> that is basically a snowball. It's like if someone just played a football game and it's not a snow globe and then just shook it up. It kind of feels like that's but what there's no snow happening. Not at the not in the moment. Which is too bad because that's kind of fun. Yeah. It's when you get snow games. But uh Yes, there's snow all around them. It's all like around if the, the fishbowl were like yes. covered with snow. Uh, how do you think that's going to impact the game? Who do you like in this first one? I don't know that I feel Bill that like both these teams are used to cold weather. Yes, they are. I don't really. I think, you know, the Bills, it's Much the home team. field advantage. It's a better team. Yeah. I, I just don't feel like there's a lot of threat to the Bills making it to the next round. A lot of threat to the Bills not advancing. making it? Advancing. Oh. Yeah, I think I, I think look, I think the Steelers will give them some fits here and there, but But come on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I don't know. It's that. hard for me to get excited about this being a huge contest. I want I would like to see a good solid performance out of Josh Allen without a lot of turnovers. Um I think he's been playing really well the last yep. few weeks. I mean, um he'll put up a lot of fantasy points. I just don't think the weather for these teams that are so accustomed to it, I don't think the weather is as big of a factor. I think the harder thing is uh, what have the Bills been doing for the last couple of days? Because you can't get into the gym and work out and practice. You know, they can't travel. So it's sitting around. Uh, the Steelers too. did not. <laughs> I couldn't get around because it was, it was, I can go to the gym because it was snowing outside, guys. <laughs> All year. It was a tough it's really, year. It's funny how the it's, weather works yeah. that way. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. But honestly, the Steelers, like they, they didn't come into town until late and that was smart. Mm -hmm. So what were they doing? Were they doing more footballish things? Or how, how does that, those are the, those are the things are that the I things. think they're more of a big deal than the two team, the essence of the two teams playing each other. I think I'm with you on that because at this point, 
when we talk about home field advantage with everything, I like, I want to watch James cook come out there. This is be one of those games where like, what do the running backs do? And we've seen James cook get more run over the last little bit here, right? When, once you had that coaching change, you saw James cook get more usage. I would love to see more. Another guy, honestly, going into next year, I think is going to be a lot of conversations about where we rank in James cook because the first half of the year was very different from the second half of the year as well. Yeah. And, but we, I think we, that was largely due to the way he was deployed. Yep. So I think uh, you, you feel better if there's consistency there. So much better. What do we expect? So Gabe Davis not playing in this game tonight. Khalil Shakir. I like him. Me too. Me too. I, I don't want to get crazy about it, but I do think that he is a guy. I mean, they utilize three wide receiver sets because Dawson Knox is back. I'm less inclined to feel like, yeah, this is definitively Dawson or uh, Dalton Kincaid. Like I think Khalil Shakir is going to get some usage here and we'll find out how he gets utilized, but he's been a fairly trusted. I think he's been more trusted, uh, a more trusted wide receiver for Josh Allen than Gabe Davis has. It's just that Gabe Davis has these boom games, but there's no consistency to it. So I I think I'm going Khalil Shakir. What do you think Stefan Diggs does tonight? Hopefully anything. (laughs) Stefania, it's been a weird, <laughs> it's been so weird. weird. It's weird. Yeah. I don't love it. It feels, um, you know, the way that Dak Prescott and CD lamb just looked off in the, uh, as this part of this last Packers game that they played, like there were parts of that this season, not quite that bad, but it felt like maybe Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen just weren't always fully on the same page or there's something going on. That's, you know, we've seen them be better than this. It, it, it's not like they just forgot it, how to play with each no, other. So no, what happened? It was, it was, that one is strange to me. So I would like to see them play well tonight. Uh, what do you, who do you think produces for the Steelers? Can we trust Deontay Johnson? No. I don't think I trust any of the pass catchers. I don't trust any of the quarterbacks. If anything, I'm <laughs> any open. Any of the quarterbacks. Jalen Warren, maybe? Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, like Najee has gotten a, a good amount of run towards the, the second half. Yep, yeah, he's he's done pretty well. I am I would be more in on him than anyone else, but I'm not really interested in anyone else. Back in that to back hundred yard rushing games for Najee for the first time in his NFL career. Really, which is crazy because he got so much volume in those first two yeah. years of his career. He never had back to back hundred yard rushing games. Oh yeah, I think, and I think the knock on him was that he didn't get as far as they wanted to. Wow. Back-to-back games with 20 or more touches after not recording such a game before that this year. Man, that's tough. Well, we, it almost felt like he ceded the role to Jalen Warren, that they were moving away from him. But then, but then there was a, a lot of vote of confidence from Mike Tomlin. They kept talking about Najee. It makes you wonder, like, there's obviously things that we don't know in the yeah. background. It's part of the reason Mike Tomlin is, still has a winning record no matter what every year. And then they deploy Najee Harris the way that they have. And all of a sudden we're like, well, huh. How do we feel about the running back situation in Pittsburgh? Stefania, who had, which person had more? Did Josh Allen throw more interceptions or did (laughs) Justin Fields throw more passing touchdowns? Uh, Josh Allen threw more interceptions. That's Wrong. Get- they were the same. <laughs> they, the same. they both had 18. Oh, question. I'm so sorry about that. I was just looking at Josh. You know what? But that's pretty remarkable. It, it really well, is. We talked about it earlier in the year. You and I had a differing opinion from uh, Field Yates about this, but I was just, I think you and I were on the page of Josh Allen is amazing. So quarterback. Good. But we were frustrated as fantasy purposes yep. by the interceptions. Um, what are you gonna do about it? He's still amazing. <laughs> He's still amazing. He's still amazing. And it's been, has it been better the last, I feel like it's been better. 
Uh, he has still thrown he has thrown an interception right in all but two games this year. So. Well, one's allowed, but it's when you have like three or four in a game, it's kind of a <laughs> that's problem. where it's tough. What about Eagles and Bucks? Mike Clay's in here, so you can talk about the Eagles <laughs> the way you really feel about them. We better see something different. This this, this Eagles team is on thin ice. They do yeah, not look like the no, team we no thought. No, AJ Brown. Yeah, yeah, no AJ Brown. That's going to be I huge. I mean, and, and Devontae Smith's been banged up a little bit, but we'll, healthy and will play healthy enough to play and will play despite yep. the ankle injury. Uh, yeah. What has happened in Philly? I don't know. I have no idea because it feels like everything that should, you know, their defense is bad. Their, their secondary has given up a ton of yards, a ton of well, points, of course. but you also have Jalen hurts and you're still that same offense. That's able to score 35 points on everybody. So why aren't you able to score at the same clip that you were before? What's different here? And it just feels like this team, there, there's something going on here that with the way that this team, unfortunately is trending down at the end of this season. And it feels like the bucks are trending up at the end of the season. It's like, this is the last thing that you want. I feel like as an Eagles team, even though I think they are a better team, if you look at them on paper, this bucks team is playing really well recently with Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans and Rashad white. I might take the bucks in this one. Stefania. Yeah. <laughs> I hope Mike's not listening to part of that, but Mike, I, Mike's never going to speak to you again. I, I still take the Eagles. I think at the end, that it's hard for me to believe that they don't get it together for this. I feel like this might be a Deandre Swift game. Ooh. Like he's just been absent. Okay. Uh, you know, after the trajectory was so sharp on the way up and it was, uh, it felt like they figured out how to stop defenses figured out how to stop the Eagles run game, which put more pressure on the passing game and then led to more problems there. I don't know. I, I don't know. That'll be, that'll be interesting. This will be a very interesting to be able to watch to see how the, both of these teams are going to react because I think that this Eagles team, it is very much a conversation of who is going to show up. And if it's the team that we've seen over the last month, Eagles are going to be in trouble. And if it's a team that we know exists within this team, if Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni can find a way to motivate these guys and get them back to playing at that high level, I'm not sure anyone can run the football better than these guys. Make Get the ball in DeAndre Swift's hands. Use that offensive line and all the things that they do. Let's get some Kenny Gainwell. Let's get some Boston Scott out there. Like, I don't know. I feel like uh, this is, well, it could be, what we saw with the Cowboys and the Packers. I could be the stuff that is not quantifiable. Packers come in loose. I mean, they were playing loose and aggressive house money. Like mm -hmm. nobody expected yep. us to be here. Yep. And here we are. We're just going to dance our way into the end zone multiple times. And Dallas felt like, Oh my gosh, there's a streak. What's happening? Wait, we've got to win, you know, uh -huh. we've got to make this work. And I, I think things like that have a real effect even though they're hard to quantify absolutely eagles bucks bucks come in nobody thought they would be here yep. nobody thought that i mean everybody thought atlanta was going to win that division well uh, the atlanta probably should have won that division <laughs> if you want to talk about my biggest regrets it's just <laughs> the atlanta falcons of 2023 but they didn't is the point and so here's tampa bay with an opportunity and probably people looking at it same way yep. and the Eagles feeling like, wow, wow, we're here. And this, this shouldn't have happened. We should maybe have been the ones who got a bye week this week. And how did we let ourselves get how here? And how much pressure is there after coming so close, getting to the Super Bowl and not winning? Uh, 
we've got to advance. Then does that make them tighten up? And do we see a replay of the Packers Cowboys? Are you kidding me? The Eagles just watched that Cowboys game and they were like, thank the Lord. We were not the number two seed. The Packers would have run us out of town. Well, they better not be relaxing too quick or they're going to have the same problem with the Buccaneers. Uh, Let's look at this game. Then you got Bill Steelers. You going with the Bills? I'm taking the Bills in this yeah, one. Yeah. And then I'm going silly. with the Bucks. You're going with the Eagles? I'm going with the Eagles. All right. I think that's a big one. We had a same game parlay that we're going to bring at you. Mike Clay and I have been on fire recently with this uh, fantasy focus parlay. You quit your day jobs. We're three and <laughs> on your parlays. We're three and oh right now. Uh, when you look at the last three weeks, we're only going to look at the late game because obviously okay. by the time this comes out, we don't want to look at Steelers, Bills. We don't want to give you anything that could be played in there. So Stefania. I got one that I want to start with, and it's a Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown. Listen, one of the ways that the Eagles... I, was, I, just got, I know where you're going with this. They need points. And he, you know what? And they're, they get close to the end zone. And if there's a tush push involved... That's it. They're in. That's it. So They don't give the ball to a different running back. No, That's how they do it. No. Jalen Hurts is their goal so line the back. the opportunity is... Doesn't Mike Clay have one of his... OTD. Yes. Yes. That's- I am all in on a Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown. Stefania, this Eagles defense, especially the secondary, is very susceptible to guys like Mike Evans. Do you like an anytime touchdown here? I don't like picking touchdowns. Ah! <laughs> Somebody else is worn <laughs> off on me. Somebody being Mike Clay. Uh, look, if there's a buck who's most likely to get in the end zone, I think it's either Rashad White or Mike Evans. As a pass catcher, it's Mike Evans. I agree with that. Uh, and he's getting a ton of volume. Mike right. Evans is getting so much volume and from the way Baker the Eagles Mayfield. defense has been of late. It feels like a good play. Yep. I think that this is going to be one of those things. Ooh, actually Mike Evans recently six targets, nine targets, four targets, eight targets. But this is one of those situations. I think with that big body, again, the way that the Eagles get beat a lot of times is through that secondary play. And so I like Mike Evans to be able to get in the end zone and because we like them to be able to throw the football, that's a part of how you beat the Philadelphia Eagles, Stefania Bell. I'm going to go with under. Is it over? Ooh, it's, I believe it is actually that graphic, unfortunately, is wrong. It is under 16 and a half carries for Rashad White as a part of this, because I don't think that they're going to be able to run the ball that much on this Eagles defense. A part of what Rashad White does is not just carry the football. He, he is a great pass, pass catcher. Yeah, I was just going to say. He is valuable in the passing game as yep. well. And that might be where they utilize him. Manufacture some of mm-hmm. what would have been rushes in other games could just be some easy dump off passes in this one. So we're looking at an anytime touchdown from Jalen Hurts, anytime touchdown from Mike Evans and under 16 and a half rushing attempts yep. from Rashad White. I love Go that check there's that one two out. games. Of football. That's right. Hey, download the ESPN bet app. Must be 21 plus gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Very exciting. Hopefully we can hit on another one here. Keep this streak alive. Stefania, this has been a fun show. I just love being able to hang out with you and talk about football. Uh, Same. It's so much fun. Thanks for inviting me on your day. That is a a day of celebration. That's right. all of Detroit. That's right. Anybody that wants to join the pride, please know there's plenty of room in the den. Hashtag (laughs) one pride. Just tag me. You're more than welcome to join the Lions bandwagon. I was going to say, you don't mind bandwagon jumpers. No, not at all. Not one bit. For Stefania Bell, my name is Daniel Dopp. We will see you guys next week. Good luck when you put in your parlay tonight. Have fun this week. We'll see you.
fan through and through with the hippest beard I'm telling you Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.